You're listening to the Dad Whisperer Podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. Whether you're a dad who wants to add more tools to your fathering toolbox or a daughter who wants to connect with her dad, or even a mom who wants to support your daughter's relationship with her father, you're invited to join the conversation today. Here now is your host, Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. Hello and welcome to the Dad Whisper Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield, and I'm so excited, dads, that you're joining me again today, especially if you're a dad who wants to add more tools to your fathering toolbox. Well, my passion, as you know, is to help you as dad become heroes because every one of you dads cares about being the dad that your daughter needs you to be and wants you to be and the hero that your daughter needs you to be and wants you to be. And it's with that foundation that I'm coming to you today and inviting you into a conversation that will literally beef up your fathering skills. Well, you know the grid I use every week on your mark, get set, go. So dads, picture yourself standing side by side each other, getting ready to run your fathering race this week. I'm on the sidelines as your coach cheering you on and saying on your mark, get set, go. On your mark is the topic or the theme, get set, Filling that in with stories and stats and go is always your practical action step so that you can put your love for your daughters and your sons into action this week. Well, today I have a guest coach who's joining me who I have deeply admired from afar for many years, Dr. Gary Chapman. And I have used his books, his insights in my clinical work. Oh my goodness, all the way back to the beginning, 27 years ago and in my work with Fathers in the Ava Project. And I love the feedback that I get. And today is going to be a rich conversation with him, I have no doubt. Then I got to meet him at a fathering conference a little over a year ago, found out that he and my husband were in Promise Keepers all the way back. And here we are today getting to hear about his heart for fathers and for parents, for men. And he is in your corner, dads, cheering you on. Welcome, Dr. Gary Chapman. Well, thank you. It is great to be with you and to talk to fathers. I love uh, the whole world that you're trying to stimulate here. Most fathers are like me. We need help. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Yeah, a father like you. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Gary first. You probably already know about his best-selling book, The Five Love Languages, which has topped bestseller charts for years, been published in more than 50 languages. Are you kidding me? That's amazing. (laughs) And sold more than 20 million copies and is still currently on the New York Times bestseller list. How cool is that? And I, again, like I said earlier, I have used your book, Gary, The Five Love Languages for Teenagers in my work with the ABBA Project since 2010. And every year, it's month two, right at the beginning where I love seeing dad's understand more clearly how to, you know, understand the language that their daughter speaks and have heard story after story, year after year of the impact. So from my heart to yours, thank you for letting me use your resources to equip fathers. Well, thank you, Michelle. I've found that many, many counselors have used that simple concept and it has a tremendous impact. You know, normally I say to fathers and mothers, The question is not, do you love your child or your teenager? The question is, does your teenager feel loved? There you You go. We can be sincere. We can sincerely love and still not touch base with that teenager. 
Yeah, well said. Well, let me just give a few more bits of information here for dads to understand you, and that's that you host a nationally syndicated radio program called A Love Language Minute and a Saturday morning program called Building Relationships with Dr. Gary Chapman. And I've had the privilege of being on that show. I love that. You've written more than 50 books. You've been a well-respected family counselor for more than 40 years, just retired last year as a pastor after 50 years. My goodness, you have been up close and personal to families haven't you, for so many decades. And that's why it's such a joy to have you here. So he and his wife, Carolyn, live in North Carolina. They've been married for more than 50 years and have two grown children, one son and one daughter. So again, thank you so much for being here and taking time out of your crazy busy schedule to talk to well, dads. Thank you, Michelle. I am glad to be with you. Well, today on your mark is called Sinking Your Superpower with Your Daughter's Love Language. Now that's quite a mouthful. And I have never used the word superpower in any show going all the way back to 2016. But as I thought about you, Gary, and this whole concept of love languages, the word superpower came to me because I think about that word meaning that a dad sometimes doesn't even know that his greatest superpower is turning his heart, not his head, but his heart toward his daughter. And I think sometimes men don't realize how important that is. Like you said, does she feel loved? Dad, when you turn your heart toward your daughter, she will feel your love, no doubt. And so today talking about your superpower is super connecting to your daughter's heart. We're going to talk about that. So now get set. Here's my first question for you, Dr. Gary. When I heard you speak a little over a year ago, you talked about where this whole idea of love languages even started where this came up organically in your work with people. I'd love you to share that story. Yeah, it started in my office with a couple many, many, many years ago uh, whom I'd never met. And they sat down and the wife said, you know, Dr. Chapman, let me just tell you a few things about us. She said, first of all, we don't argue. We don't believe in arguing. We don't have any money problems. And she went on with two or three more of those. And I thought, well, maybe they just came in to tell me what a good marriage they have. (laughs) (laughs) And and then she said uh, about her husband, he was sitting there and she said, I just, here's the problem. I just don't feel any love coming from him. We're like roommates living in the same house. And she said, I'm empty inside. And I just, I don't know how long I can go on like this. Well, I looked at her husband. And he said, I don't understand her. I do everything I can to show her that I love her. And mm-hmm. I don't understand how she can say she doesn't feel love. I said, well, what do you do? He said, well, he said, uh, after dinner, every night, he said, I wash the dishes. And he said, every Thursday night, I vacuum the floor. And every Saturday, I wash the car and mow the grass. And he said, every evening, I walk the dog. Yeah. <laughs> and he went on, you know, and, I, and yeah. I could tell he was sincere. He loved yeah. this woman. Yeah. But he was speaking his language and not her language. Mm-hmm. He thought if you love somebody, you do stuff, do stuff for them. Yeah. But that was not her love language. I came back to her and she said, Dr. Chapman, he's right. He's a hardworking man, but we don't ever talk. We haven't talked in 20 years. He said, he's always mowing the grass, washing the dishes, back in the floor, always doing something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, God's spending time with me. me. Yeah, it just dawned on me. You know, we can be sincere and still miss each other emotionally. And, and the reason this is so important, almost everyone agrees that one of our deepest emotional needs as humans 
is the need to feel loved by the significant people in our lives. If you're married, the most significant person is your spouse. And if you feel loved by them, life is beautiful. Everything else is easier. But if you don't feel loved and you feel like they don't love me, they wish they weren't married to me, life begins to look pretty dark. So uh, the same principle then applies to children and applies to teenagers. Yeah, especially when we're talking about dads and daughters. That is a great question that you pose in your book that, again, I use this right at the foundation of the work I do with fathers of daughters saying, ask your daughter to fill in the blank. I feel most loved by my dad when? One thing. Good question. Good question. I feel most loved by my dad when? And dad, that might be your go step today that you're going to take right here at the start and say, I'm going to write that down and ask my daughter to answer to me because there are five love languages. Go ahead and say what they are because dad, you want to be listening as your daughter answers that question to see where her answer fits into one of these five categories. Okay. One of them is words of affirmation. You're saying to that teenage daughter, you know, you look nice in that outfit or you did a great job at the play. Or, man, you, you're really improving on the piano or, you know, just anything, yeah. just observing yeah. their behavior, looking for things that you can affirm them for verbally. Uh, you know, uh, there's an Old Testament proverb that says life and death is in the power of the tongue. Yeah. We can kill our teenage daughters and we can give them life by the way we talk to them. So words of affirmation is one of the love languages. A second language, love language is acts of service. That's what the gentleman was doing I just talked about. He was doing acts of service for his wife. And so this may involve with a teenage daughter such things as helping her with homework, assuming you know more about it than she does. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) It can be helping her with a a school project. You know, maybe she's in a play at school and they want some volunteer to help with the setup or something. You're helping her do something at school. Man, she's not only proud of you, she feels love. Look what my dad did. Uh, so it's just finding things that you can do for her. And there's plenty of things. You know, find out what she is interested in doing and learning. And you, you spend time showing her how to do that. That's an act of service, huge act of service. And, and there's an old saying that actions speak louder than words. And if this is their love language, actions will speak louder than words. And then there's gifts. It's universal to give gifts as an expression of love. You know, my academic background before I studied counseling was anthropology, study of cultures. We've never discovered a culture anywhere in the world where gift giving is not an expression of love. So for some teenage daughters, gifts is uh, what makes them really feel love. It's still what I call their primary love language. And they don't have to be expensive gifts. You know, we've always said it's the thought that counts. So you are in the grocery store and you happen to know her favorite candy bar. And so you say, I don't get her a candy bar. And you can get her a little one. You don't have to give her a big one. (laughs) (laughs) If she's watching her weight, right? Yeah, I was thinking about you today. I thought you might like this. Oh, daddy, that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It can can be a flower. You just pick up a flower, you know, at the store or in the the yard. Hey, I thought you might like this. So anything. But if if you know she has a particular interest in something, you know, you, you listen to what she says. You say, oh, man, I'd like to have one of those someday. Then you look for the proper time maybe to give that to her. So gifts. And then there's quality time, by which I mean you give them your undivided attention. No multitasking. I know we can do seven things at a time. You know, I know we can. 
but that's yeah. not going to communicate love to this person. They have to have your undivided attention, eye contact, listening to what they're saying, responding, having conversations, or simply doing things together while you're talking about something, you know, maybe going on a little trip with them, just the two of you for maybe an afternoon, riding up into the mountains or into the beach or wherever you live, you're doing, spending a few hours together, just the two of you and talking about life and talking about each other. Yeah. Uh, it's quality time. And then number five is physical touch. We've long known the emotional power of physical touch. Yeah. That's why when they're babies, we pick them up and hold them and kiss them and cuddle them. And long before that baby understands the meaning of the word love, the baby feels love by physical touch. We don't outgrow that. Right. Humans are touchers. Now, there are appropriate touches and inappropriate touches, to be sure. But affirming touches, you know, hugging her, that teenage daughter, you know, giving her a kiss on the cheek, holding, reaching over and holding her hand once in a while or giving her a half, you know, and again, if she doesn't like something and she said, oh, no, don't do that. Well, then don't do that. You know, and, and physical touch may not be her language. She, that's the daughter that's most likely to say, if you give her a hug or kiss her on the cheek, she might say, no, 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 don't do that. Well, you, then, you know, no, that's not, that's not meaningful to her. <laughs> physical yeah. touch is probably not even her language, but, but it is a valid. And here's what I have found, Michelle. There are some fathers that kind of draw back from mm -hmm. touching their teenage daughters because they've heard so much about sexual abuse, you know, by right. fathers. And, or they're and developing I, and they start going, oh, I don't know where to touch. I don't want to touch wrong. So I won't do anything. Absolutely. And I understand that. Mm -hmm. But what I say to fathers is this. If you don't touch your teenage daughter in appropriate ways, she'll find somebody else who will, an 18-year-old boy who will. Yep. So don't, don't, don't go overboard in, in drawing back on physical touch, even if it's not her language. Yeah, exactly. I have a funny story that I think you're going to enjoy. I used to do this as a, like a game, you know, where you would have little cards and people would pick which ones fit them most. This was early in my career. And I discovered or thought that quality time was my primary love language and words of affirmation were secondary. Years later, I mean, I'm talking probably at the beginning of the ABBA project, I kind of revisited this. And realized after I read your book, God Speaks, is that what it's called? Mm. God Speaks Your Love Languages? Yes. Love yes. Language, is that, oh, Jesus speaks all five. There isn't one better or worse. And in my mind, Gary, I had thought that anybody that had gifts as their expression of love was shallow <laughs> and materialistic. And I realized that because I didn't value that as a quality, I dismissed it. But when I begin to look at what I did for others, that helped me have more of, I would say, a clear reflection of my own wiring. And I went, oh, my goodness, I hug everybody coming and going. And I love buying gifts for people that are just perfect for them. Yeah. And I flipped it. I had those as four and five out of one, two, three, four, five. Then realized with more clarity, once I read your book about how Jesus speaks all five, to saying, I guess I had it wrong. I was putting more maybe what I valued rather than really what I was doing. Do you ever hear stories like that? Yeah, I, I think often people fail to realize that what they do most typically for others is likely what they want to receive. They're not thinking about it that way. You know, they're not thinking if I give a gift, they'll give me a gift. No, they're not thinking right. that. They're just giving because that comes natural for them and they just enjoy doing that. But that probably means that is either their primary or their secondary love language. So it's a good clue. Yeah. 
Yeah. So dad, look at what your daughter is doing. What is she doing for her friends? Even if she can't bring it home, sometimes parents are like, be nicer to your brother, you know, be more patient, but look at what she's doing with her friends. And that will give you an indicator of what she would value having you do to her. So Gary, let me ask you this. What I'd love to hear your thoughts. What impact do you believe it would have on a father to know and speak his daughter's love language? I think it makes the difference between her feeling genuinely loved by her father and her not feeling loved by her father. There are many teenage daughters who do not feel loved by their fathers. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they say to that in my, in my office, they say, my father doesn't love me. Even if I dad's said, providing, yeah, showing yeah, up ab- every night, you know, yeah, to ab- be at home. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep, yeah, absolutely. And so it, this is a huge topic. I mean, this is hugely important in meeting that emotional need for that teenage daughter. You know, I, like, I use the word sometimes, we have a love tank, emotional love tank. And if the love tank is full and that daughter genuinely feels loved by her father and her mother, you know, then, then she's going she's gonna to emotionally be healthy as she grows up. But if that love tank is empty over a period of time, she doesn't feel loved by her father. She's going to grow up with a lot of internal struggles, emotional struggles. And typically in the teenage years, she begins to reach out to others to try to find love and sometimes in the wrong places. So the father's role in meeting that emotional need for that daughter is so important for her emotional development. And remember, dads, that especially in those teen years, your daughter, her whole hormonal system is activated. It affects her moods her behavior, and her thinking. So it's not going to be easy for you. She is not going to make it easy for you to love her because she's pushing against you to try to develop her own, I would say, internal strength. I think of it as like a butterfly, you know, that caterpillar's trying to break out in order to fly. And so it's within normal limits, wouldn't you say, Gary, for her to push back and not make it easy for a dad to always get close to her, to love her and fill her emotional tank, but he's still got to do it. Yeah, and that's, that's very true because she is beginning to think logically and she may question you. She may use something you think she's believed her whole life. And she said, Dad, I don't really think that's true. Or you'll say something to her and she said, I don't think that's true. Well, rather than say, what do you mean? You, no, you say, tell me about it. What, what, yes. what, led you to, what, what led you to say that? And listen to what she says, which, which gives you information on what's going on in her mind. So rather than just confronting or combating when the teenage daughter does something or says something you think is not good, better to ask questions as to why they're thinking that, explain what they're really thinking, make sure you hear them so you can honestly say, you know, I, I see what you're saying and I can see how that would make sense for you. Now, let me, let me share. And now because you've listened to them, you haven't condemned them, their thoughts, you don't, maybe don't agree with them, but you haven't condemned them. Now you give your side. And she walks away thinking, oh, yeah, dad, I can see that. Well, right. You listen was, to her that, first, and then yeah. you go. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. She feels heard and understood. Then she's far more likely to be open to whatever instruction you're trying to give her. Yeah. And I often say to dads, if you want your daughter to use her voice out in the world, you need to let her practice using it at home. And you may not like what she says, but dad, the way you validate that she's a deep thinker, a question asker, yeah. a challenger, 
Those are really positive skill sets that you want your daughter to have out in the world, that she doesn't say yes to everything. So that might be a reframe, we call it, for a dad to say, oh, it's good that she says no, that she pushes back. I do want her to have that skill out there. And that may not seem like a love interaction, but would you say it is, Gary? Is that what you're basically saying? Yeah, I think often it's a cry for love. It's, it's I want to see how my dad's going to respond if I disagree with him. Yeah, you know, there you go. Is he still going to love me or is he going to push me away because I, I'm expressing something that he doesn't agree with? Yeah, so I think hearing, hearing that teenager, you know, you were talking about observing their behavior. Another thing is to listen to their complaints in, in terms of discovering their language. What, what do they complain about? Mm. You know, well, Dad, I, I feel like we haven't had much time together lately. She's begging for quality time. Oh, or you go on a you, you go on a business trip and you come home from your business trip and, and she says, "You didn't bring me anything." <laughs> <laughs> She's telling you gifts is her language. You mean you were gone a whole week and you didn't even think about me? You know, see, you don't. It wouldn't be you don't see that, but that's what's going on in her mind. Yeah. So uh, listen to what they uh, what they complain about and also what they ask. Like my my teenage daughter, her her when she was a teenager. Uh, her primary language is quality time. The most common request she had was, Dad, can we take a walk after dinner? Huh. She wanted two of us to take a walk. She was telling me, you know, what, what was important to her. Yeah, she wanted and, would you, quality time with you. Absolutely. And yeah. one, once I figured that out, for example, every month she and I would go out to breakfast together, go out to breakfast together. Mm. And we'd have our hour with breakfast, you know. And she looked forward to that. Now, our son, he wasn't interested in that. I took him out anyway, but it didn't mean that much to him, you know, but it meant to her. His, his language is physical touch. So he just wanted me to hit him at, <laughs> on the shoulder, <laughs> give him a high five, wrestle with him, you know. I love that. Uh, yeah. Okay, so those, this, those three yeah. things should help. That is really good. I love that you came around that from the other angle. Listen what she complains about, because a lot of teenage girls are really good at that. So you're like, you gave it a kind of a different perspective to say, listen, underneath the complaint, that'll help you understand how she's wired and what she's longing for. So I'm going to flip this around and ask, what impact do you, do you think, or have you heard through the years that it has on a father? when he is finding that he can speak her love language, his daughter's love language. What impact is that? We've talked about what impact it has on her. Yeah. What impact does it have on the dad, do you think? Well, let's face it. The dad is a human and humans have the need to feel loved by the significant people in their lives, their spouse and their children. Yeah. And so it meets a deep need in that father. If, if, he, if he senses that she loves him, she really appreciates him as a father. She respects him. She looks up to him. She's proud of him. It, he feels that, man, that's, that's the satisfaction of all the time and money you invest in, in raising children. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you know, when, when you sense that, you know, I mean, looking back on my two children, I had a boy and a girl, you know, and uh, they're, they're grown now, of course, and have their own uh, marriage and families. But uh, I, I still sense deeply, they, they love me. You know, and it's just a great satisfaction that they love me and they know that I love them. Uh, so, yeah, and a you're few still things speaking. bring more satisfaction. Okay. And you're still speaking their love language. Absolutely. Even Absolutely. Even though they live in other states. So I have to, yes. <laughs> we spend the quality time on the phone, you know, or yeah, there uh, you FaceTiming. Go. Yeah. 
Well, I love that. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we come back. I want to talk about your new book and we're also going to be getting into the topic of anger. So stick around, be right back dads. and We'll see you in a couple minutes. Are you a dad who has ever desired a deeper connection with your daughter, but haven't known how to go about it? Let's Talk Conversation Starters for Dads and Daughters is the very resource you need. Dr. Michelle wrote it with you dads in mind. This book will support you with scripted questions, equip you to decode your daughter, and inspire you with stories of other dads and daughters. Don't wait any longer to be the hero you want to be and that your daughter needs you to be. So, to let the talking begin, head on over to drmichellewatson.com forward slash books and order your copy today. This book will become a favorite in your fathering toolbox and will give you the answers you've been looking for. That's drmichellewatson.com forward slash books. Now, back to the Dad Whisperer podcast. Welcome back to the Dad Whisperer podcast. I'm Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield here with my friend, Dr. Gary Chapman. And the title of today's talk is Syncing Your Superpower with Your Daughter's Love Language. And Dad, when you dial into your daughter's heart space and are a super connector, that is a superpower that only you have. And so today we're going to continue our conversation now. And I want to talk about your new book that is titled Things I Wish I'd Known Before Our Child Became a Teenager. Oh my goodness. This has got to be another New York Times bestseller because how many people wish they had you in their back pocket telling them what you wish you would have known at their age, right? If they don't know where to go, you're bringing it to them. And I want to do a shout out on your book because I got to look through it. I love how you have questions at the end of every chapter. You know, that's my second book for Dads of Daughters is only questions, 60 Mm -hmm. topics with just questions. It's called Let's Talk, Conversation Starters for Dads and Daughters. Like I'm like, Dad, here's the question. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. And I love that you have that same heart as equipping dads and moms, but to lead conversations. You also in the book have a ton of resources, websites, books. I actually ordered a book right as I opened your book, you were giving (laughs) references and I, I turned to Amazon, got a book right then. So one of the chapters I loved is called, I wish I'd known, and you would put dot, 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 that teens need to feel loved. And you said, one reason parents may find it hard to speak the teen's love language is that the parent never received that love language from their parents. So what I'd love to ask you is, what would you say to that dad that says, I got a really empty love tank and I didn't get a lot of positive deposits from my dad to teach me how to dial in and speak my daughter's love language. What would you say to that dad? Where does he start? Well, I think, first of all, we recognize what what you just said, recognize that is my history. We can't change our history. Mm -hmm. Here's the good news. We can learn to speak any one of these languages, even if we did not receive them as a child. If we know how important it is to our teenage daughter, then we're going to learn how to speak that language. I remember a father who told me, he said, I never got a hug from my dad. And I don't, it's just not natural for me to hug. And he said, I just, you know, I said, well, okay, that's where you are. All right. I said, why don't you stand up here beside of me? And why don't you just hit me on the shoulder? 
you did. And I said, okay, that's your homework this week. You just go home, walk up to your teenage daughter and hit her on the shoulder. I mean, not, not hard. <laughs> I, I, said, I said, you can even hit her and run if you want to. <laughs> and the next week I said, okay, now hit me on the shoulder and then give me two little, little soft pats on the back. He said, really? I said, yeah, so he did. I just week by week, I gave him an assignment. Yes. Finally, we got to the week. I said, okay, this is the week now. So come up here, stand in front of me and give me a hug. He said, really, Dr. Chapman? <laughs> I said, yeah, but come on, just hug me. It, it was like his arms were lead, you know. He got him up. He took one step, and when he did, I reached out and grabbed him and, <laughs> and hugged oh, him and held him, you know. Awesome. I said, okay, man, you did it. Now, go home, and this week is the week. You walk up and hug her. <laughs> he came back the next week with tears in his eyes. He said, Dr. Chapman, I did it. I did it. I did it. I did it. You know, so you, you can learn, you just take baby steps. You can learn how to speak these languages, even if you didn't receive them as a, as a child. You know, it, it, I love that story because what you're saying is there were incremental steps where he needed you as a coach saying, you can do it and do this. And then you gave him positive affirmation, right? When he did it right. But it's the same thing at the gym. You don't walk in being all buff, but you take incremental steps to increase the weight. And dad, you do it over here in that part of your life. Okay, now we're saying bring that skill set here with your daughter. Because what I have found is that when a dad steps in and steps up to being the dad he knows his daughter needs him to be, his life is better because you're gaining a skill set that even if you didn't have it in your childhood, she's going to help you learn it now. And then yeah. you're going to have that going forward. In fact, even just this week, I had a counseling session with a 13-year-old and her dad, and she's given him a run for his money. She's calling him out on his anger and those kinds of things. And I just told her, you are a gift to your mm. dad. He loves you so much that you're calling him higher. You're, you're saying, dad, I need more from you. Well done, you know, trying to reframe <laughs> that to her. And she yeah. beamed at the end of the session. I, I always ask, was this worse than you thought about what you thought or better than you thought? And she said, <laughs> she goes, better than I thought by far. And I'm not saying that to toot my own horn. It's that yeah. her dad had an opportunity to hear deeper yeah. things that were going on with her. And he had to stay present, right, for the yeah. whole time. And that's where I see dads grow yeah. out of love. So I love that you brought that up. And I, I now want to segue to another chapter in, your, in this book that says, you know, things I wish I would have known before my child became a teenager. You guys go get that book today. It is fantastic. So one of the chapters is, I wish I'd known that teens need to learn how to process anger. And here was your first sentence. I love this. You said, to be perfectly honest, I wish I'd known how to handle my own anger before we had teenagers. I don't remember having a problem with anger until I got married. <laughs> Here's the better sentence, dads. You're going to love this. And I don't remember having a super problem with anger until we had a teenage son. How about you? Okay. So what I'm asking you is, what would you say to the dad that says, Anger is my go-to. It is my first line of defense. It's where I lead. I don't like it. It yields horrible results, but I don't know how to change it. Talk yeah. to that, Dad. Well, I wish, as I said, I had known how to handle my own anger. i never forget that night when my son and I got into an argument, and I was yelling at him, and he was yelling at me. And in the middle of the argument, he walked out the front door and slammed the door. He was probably 
15 years old, 14 years old, maybe. And when the door slammed, I woke up mm. and I said, what am I doing? I thought I was further along than this to be yelling at the son I love. And I just sat out and confessed to God, I got a problem. I need help. Mm. Poured my heart out to God, apologized to God for what I'd just done. Eventually, he walked back in and I said, uh, Derek, I said, son, could you come in here a minute? And he sat down and I just apologized to him. I said, I'm, I lost my temper. I said hateful things. And I said, that's not the way I feel about you. I love you deeply. And I said, I've asked God to forgive me. And I want to ask you to forgive me. A father should never talk to a son the way I talk mm -hmm. to you. And I said, can you, can you forgive me? And he said, Dad, that was not your fault. When I was walking up the road, I asked God to forgive me for yelling at you. Oh. And I want to ask you to forgive me. We hugged each other. Oh, and God, cried. That's bringing tears to my hugged, eyes. Hugged each other and cried. And finally, oh. when we got through crying, I said, Derek, why don't we try to learn how to handle our anger together and learn how to talk our way through anger rather than yelling our way. So the next time you feel angry at me, what if you just come and say, Dad, I'm angry. Can we talk? And I'll listen to whatever you have to say. And the next time I'm angry with you, I'll just say, Derek, I'm angry. Can we talk? And let's learn how to listen to each other, why we're angry, what's hurting us, what upset us about that. Hear each other out. That was the beginning of my learning how to handle my own anger. Both of us, we learned how to handle anger together. But it took a crisis like that. You know, here is the most serious question I ever asked myself when our kids were teenagers. What if my son or my daughter turns out to be like me. Hmm. What if they handle anger the way I handle anger? What if they drive a car the way I drive a car? What if they, right on down the line, anything you can think of, what, what if they turn out to be like me? Yeah. That'll help you know as a father what you need to be working on. Because if you don't want them to turn out like you and how you handle anger, you best work on your own anger. And that might mean you know, getting somebody to sit down with you as a counselor, say, hey, man, I got a problem. Can you help me here? I got to learn how to handle my anger. See, it's, it's not, nothing wrong with anger. Anger is a perfectly human emotion. We get angry when we think somebody treated us wrongly or they're not doing right. Uh, but, uh, you know, some of our anger is just selfishness. You know, they're not doing it the way we want it done. And some of it is, is legitimate because they, they did wrong. You should be angry. Or disrespect. That's what yeah. I hear a lot of men say. No disrespect in this home, but yet yeah. their response then is disrespectful. Yeah, ab absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. What what would you say? What have you said in counseling sessions? What have you said to those dads that say, I want to start dealing with my own anger because I'm hurting yeah. the son I love or the daughter yeah. I love? I think one of the things is to understand your anger. You know, that there's two kinds of anger. I call it definitive anger. The person did wrong. And secondly, is, is distorted anger. I just didn't get my way. And so understand that and, and start asking yourself when you're angry. The second thing I would say is when you're angry with, with your daughter or anybody else for that matter, take time out. Take a walk. Walk around the block. Ask yourself the question, why am I angry? What is it that they said or didn't say, they did or didn't do? that stimulated my anger. Try to understand where it's coming from. Try to decide, is it distorted or is it definitive? Did they do something wrong or is it simply they didn't do what I wanted them to do or my way? 
And then, you know, if it's selfishness, then you can just deal with that on the other side of the block. <laughs> Say, Lord, forgive me. I'm just super selfish. Yeah. 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 But if you think what they did was wrong, you, you come back then. Now that you're calm, you, you're, you've calmed down. And you say, uh, you know, can, can we have a little talk? I, I'm going to be honest with you. And, and maybe, uh, maybe I read this wrongly. But I got angry a little while ago. But when I heard you say da-da-da-da-da, or I saw you do da-da-da-da-da. And maybe I misunderstood that. Maybe I was taking it the wrong way. But I, I love you. And, and I want to work out, you know, any misunderstanding I have in my mind. So can you explain to me, you know, what motivated you to do that or what, what it meant to you to do that? See, Great now you're, see, you're, you're pulling questions. out now yeah. to find out what stimulated their behavior because sometimes we do misread them. Yeah. And, and if we ask the question and acknowledge, maybe I'm reading this the wrong way. Can you explain to me what, what motivated you to do that or whatever? Now, you see, you're, you're not exploding over anger, you're processing your anger in a positive way. And, and that's one of the first, first steps. Yeah. yeah. And getting under it. And I've found too, that oftentimes they're sad under the mad two sides of the same coin. And sometimes dad, when you're getting more of that information, you may reveal to them, like I was sad, actually disappointed that you had disrespected your mom. And so it made me sad, actually, that that wasn't a value you hold. And then I reacted in anger and, but if you can get in touch with what's going on inside of you is what you're saying, yeah, go for a absolutely. walk, do your own processing. It's going to lead you differently as you lead your daughter and your son. And dads, I want to tell you, if you go to five love it's the number five love on that website, Dr. Gary has an anger assessment quiz. And I took it this week. I took the anger assessment <laughs> quiz and it said, here, are you handling your anger or is your anger handling you? So I took it and it said, here's what my results were. It said, you are handling your anger well, but you can improve. And then if you <laughs> take this, dad, it's going to give you feedback for free. And then a link to a book. What's the name of the book you've written on anger? It's called dad. Anger. Anger. There you go. It's processing simple. a positive, a strong emotion. And, and what angry. I love is the red and the black on the cover kind of really fit with that yes. theme. Okay. Yes. I want to then segue to another free resource that you have called the Apology Language Quiz. And I heard yes. you as you told your talk about your talk with Derek of saying, yes. I started by apologizing to him. It seems yes very unique that born out of your love language work, your understanding how people feel loved, that apology goes with that. Tell me how that came to be, the apology language quiz idea. I realized in counseling that people had different ideas on what a sincere apology was. You know, he would say, I'm sorry. And she would say, that means nothing to me. He thought he was apologizing. He may have been sincere, but it didn't ring sincere to her. So I, I asked thousands of people two questions. When you apologize, what do you typically say or do? And the second question, when someone's apologizing to you, what do you want to hear them say or do? And their answers fell into five categories. I, I wasn't looking for five. <laughs> I like five. There you go. <laughs> and I called it uh, the five apology languages. I wrote a book with a co-author on that, uh, apology languages. See, we typically learn to apologize or not to apologize from our parents. 
we found that about 10% of the population almost never apologizes for anything. And most of them are men. Mm. And they, they don't apologize because they were taught that by their fathers. Real men don't apologize. And we know where their fathers got that. John Wayne, that great, that great counselor, John Wayne. <laughs> and I, and I, I, say to, I say to guys, I said, guys, you know, your dad probably did the best he could, but your dad had bad information. Mm-hmm. Real men do apologize. And so, first of all, we have to acknowledge that reality that none of us are perfect and we don't have to be perfect to be good fathers, but we do have to deal with our failures. Because when we, for example, lose our temper, yell and scream at a child, say hateful things to a child, we have created an emotional barrier between us and that, if it's a daughter, that that daughter. And that does not go away without apology and forgiveness. It'll sit there. And then there's another one and another one and several of those. And that daughter feels totally ostracized by her father. She doesn't feel any love from him. She feels like he doesn't love me. He wishes I wasn't even here. Yeah. So we have to deal with our failures. And that means that we, we apologize. And if we learn all the five ways that people apologize, we can use all of them. <laughs> and, and then say, what are I the hope, five? What are the five? Oh, well, one of them is uh, expressing regret. Okay. Often with the words, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I yelled at you. Da, 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 da. I'm sorry that I, whatever. And I regret what I did. I should not have done that. No father should do that. It's, it's expressing regret. I feel badly about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, another is accepting responsibility. I was wrong. I should not have done that. Mm-hmm. I was wrong. Another one is uh, offering to make restitution. I know that I hurt you deeply. What could I do that might make that up to you? Because I love you and I want you to know that. And then the other, another one is expressing the desire to change. You know, I've done it again. Last week, I told you I was sorry when I lost my temper and yelled at you. And here I've yelled at you again. I don't like that about me. I really want to change that. Can you and I talk a little bit and just let's just maybe get a plan so I won't do that anymore. Mm. And let them help you get a plan so you won't do that anymore. Expressing the desire to change your behavior. And then requesting forgiveness. Will you forgive me? Or I hope you can find it in your heart to forgive me because I love you and I value our relationship. So, So, you know, you communicate love in those ways. And typically as adults, one of those or two of those is more important than the others because that's what we learned as a child growing up. But all of them are valuable. Yeah. You know what I've so loved today about our conversation, Dr. Gary, is that I get the sense here you are a seasoned, you know, man of faith. And I just get the sense that you have invited men listening, women too, of course, but these dads into your living room, into your office. But I picture this living room setting and the fire's burning and you're in your chair and you're pulling, you know, the chair forward closer to you for a man to sit in. And and you're just saying, let's have a talk. I want to share with you what I've learned over the years, things I've carried with me all the way now into this season of my life, because some men never had a dad that taught them how to do relationships. I think a lot of men maybe were taught how to work hard, how not to do emotion. And you're really inviting men to get close to you. I would say to your heart, that's your superpower, Dr. Gary, is that you vulnerably invite people to get close to you. And you even saw or heard maybe earlier when you talked about Derek, I just got tears in my eyes that you're saying, Mm -hmm. I blew it too. 
And I had to humble myself before God first and then go to him. And I'm imagining that if I was to interview Derek today, even what's your daughter's name? Did you say? Shelly. Shelly. If I was to interview either of them and say, say, ask them, you know, say, what do you remember when you were a teenager that your dad did with you? I, I have no doubt Derek would remember that day because yeah. kids oh, I'm remember sure he would. when their dads, <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that got seared in your minds. But thank yeah. you for not only bringing your heart and your stories, but your wisdom today. I, I'm so filled up from our time together, which leads me now. I end every show with a go step. And you've given dads a lot of ideas today, right? Everything from ask your daughter, I feel most loved by my dad when, to listen to, you know, her reactions, her complaints, listen to what she's asking for. But then you've even gotten underneath it to talk about a dad looking at his own anger and learning how to apologize if he never learned how or what that looks like or why it doesn't hold when he does it because it doesn't have enough maybe facets to the whole process. So I say all that to say, If I was to ask you now just to give dads one way to begin sinking their superpower of turning their hearts to their daughters with speaking their their daughter's love language, where would you tell him to start so that he can be a man of action? Well, I think the preliminary step, even before number one, would be to ask God to show you where you need to change as a dad, where you need to grow, because all of us are in the process. We're all growing. Lord, what's the next step I should take? That's first, because God brings things to mind that I wouldn't even think about. <laughs> I just had that happen this week. So you're right. That does happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, then, and then I would say, ask yourself the question that I mentioned earlier. What if my daughter or my son turned out to be like me in any area? Is there an area that I need to be working on so that won't happen? But then here's here's another question. I'm giving you more than one. But oh, I another. love it. I love it. Is, is, is you, you, you say to your teenage daughter, I've been thinking about uh, my life and my relationship with your mother and with you and, and your brother, if you have a brother. So I want to ask you what I've already asked them. I want to be a better father. So could you give me one thing that I could do or not do that would make me a better father? Yeah, to you. It's similar, it's similar to the question. To yeah, similar uh-huh. to the question you were asking, but yeah. you're asking her. Can you give me one idea on, on something I could do or not do that would make me a better father? The very fact that you're asking that yes. speaks deeply to that teenage daughter. Absolutely. And, and she probably will tell you something. <laughs> now, if she yes. says, oh, dad, you're a great dad. You're, I don't have anything, dad. You say, well, I want you to think about it this week because I know I'm not perfect. And I really want your feedback. So give her a week. Let her think about it. Oh, and say, so come back the next week and ask it again. And chances are, second week, she'll, she'll be brave enough to say, well, dad, there is one thing she'll tell you. Oh, I love that. That's practical. It's action oriented. And it's right from your heart to the heart of men listening. Well, today on your mark has been syncing your superpower with your daughter's love language. I've been talking with my friend, Dr. Gary Chapman, author of the five love languages, go to his website, get his new books. You're going to love anything he writes. I promise you. Well, this wraps up another week's program. It's been so great to be here with you all. I'm Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield, the dad whisperer signing off and encouraging you to make today a day where you intentionally and consistently invest in pursuing your daughter's hearts. Go dads. Thank you.
Thanks for joining us for another edition of the Dad Whisperer Podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. If you're looking for more resources to support the father-daughter relationship, or if you want to connect personally with Dr. Michelle, you can find all the information you need at drmichellewatson.com. That's drmichellewatson.com. And remember, you can listen to the Dad Whisperer Podcast anytime on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. And while you're there, we'd love for you to subscribe and leave us a review. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you again on the next edition of the Dad Whisperer Podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson-Canfield.